beast is making me What's time but a thing they kill or keep a fire or lose a living I gotta go faster, keep up the pace Just to stay in the human race I could go supersonic, the problem's chronic Tell me, does life exist beyond it? When I need to sate, I just accelerate Into oblivion Into oblivion Buenos nachos amigos and welcome to another fantastic episode of Record Breakers. I'm Petey Rave and I'm reaching out for you. Uh, I'm your man with no plan. Here with me is my regular team, my squad. Uh, we've got Brett. Ahoy hoy. We've got Patrick. Hi. And we've got Drew. Squaggles. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and of course, we're, up, we have, as you can see if you're watching the video feed, uh, but you can if you're not. We have a guest uh, in that part of the cycle when we decide we want to guest sometimes, uh, just because it's fun. We have none other than our buddy, Mike Avrent Latau. How you doing, Mike? Pretty good. How you doing? I'm doing good. We're hanging out. We're doing talking about music. Of course, we do this where we talk about music. We bring in a guest, especially the first time we ask them to bring an album. Mike, what are you bringing forth to the table for judgment? Oh, uh, I was I was supposed to bring an album. Yeah. Oh, uh. Huey Lewis and the News Sports. We'll, yes. we'll do it. Do it live. Dude, I love yes. talking about some Huey Lewis and the News. <laughs> is, is there any new news in the Huey Lewis's? Um, I don't know. No, um, no I brought uh, Toe for Long Tomorrow. Yes, yes. Which doesn't sound grammatically correct anyway. Yeah. Uh, but is actually kind of an older album. Yeah. It's kind of a mm-hmm. cool, interesting album, to say the least. Uh, I'll start with uh, Patrick. Uh, what were your expectations coming into this album? Um, I know Averett and I have some crossover and musical tastes. Uh, this was not an album I was familiar with. So I came in uh, the way that is most fun to come into the show with knowing nothing and expecting nothing. And then you just kind of show up and you get something. And, and sometimes it's very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brett, what were your expectations coming into this? If you start with nothing and uh, know nothing, you lose nothing. Um, but no, uh, no, I, uh, I, I never heard of this band before. I've, come on, guys. Um, uh, I, I came, I, I went into this completely blind, uh, for my first listen and uh, I didn't even make any assumptions. It's a band called Toe. Yeah. Um, I, I I, I kind of was hoping that when I heard it out loud, it was going to be like toe as in I'm going to tie a, a chain to the back of my pickup, but it it wasn't. It's just a toe. Probably your big toe. Toe up. Uh, from the flow up. Uh, Drew, what were your expectations coming into this album? <laughs> um, well, my expectations were weird because all I had talked about with Aberrant in regards to music before was punk rock so that's what i was expecting we're going to get into whether i was right or not in a little bit uh spoiler, spoiler alert wrong no you were not right uh mike how would you describe this album musically uh so toe is kind of a it's i would call it math rock there's a lot of people who call it kind of a post-rock thing i i tend to think of it more as a math rock thing because it has more of a 
I don't know, more of a complex rhythmic basis to it where they um, blank. <laughs> it has a more of a complex rhythmic basis to it where it, a lot of it is based on layering guitar uh, patterns that they've set up with the with a kind of a complex drumming to it and it's all instrumental so it kind of hmm. sorry I got a mulligan on the recording for a second I just realized I'm pretty drunk <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, when you do the haiku um, mm-hmm. as long as you don't do like slam poetry style in, in free verse no, I uh, you that. won't be the yeah. worst the worst person like no, Kaz did like a, a, a 1483 <laughs> syllable to two syllable haiku. He is our yeah. poet. He is our poet laureate. Um, he, he broke the haiku. He like it. Like I, I want to set that to like music. I want to. Yeah. I want to have Squiggles lay down a sweet lick and then like have somebody rap that over it. Like no. it was great. No, Squiggles has to make what a fat is- beat. Because I want Squiggles to make a fat beat. Oh, he I want Squiggles to make a fat, fat hip hop beat. Yeah. Be awesome. Yeah. What's I just ended up at the point where like I wrote like two goddamn pages worth of like ideas for this, and then none of them covered that question at all. Yeah. Well, no, this is just, still in the show, like, so let's roll with it. Yeah. yeah. This is kind of just painting. Just, just give shit. your thoughts on like just generally on like on your on the music. It's like you would say it's more experimental and math rocky than I mean. Than, so yeah, it's it's a it's a lot of like very um very, very complex rhythmically, but it's a lot of uh somebody almost called it kind of video game music-y where they they take the a kind of a basic uh melody and pattern and kind of build on it throughout the thing, changing it, it, it kind of changing it and giving it variations throughout the songs. Yeah. And and building on that as a general theme and and a it kind of comes across differently depending on how they do it in the actual song. Sometimes it ends up being more complex the whole way through the song and building to a certain point. Other times it ends up kind of changing into a, a different type of song by the time they're done with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is kind of a really good way to put it. Uh, Patrick, what would, be, what would be the themes that I'll miss that caught your attention? Um, so the, the, the obvious comparison when you talk about like math rock and post rock, which this has distinct similarities to, but is very different from in other ways, is like Slint and Shellac, which are both bands I enjoy sometimes. Slint and Shellac are not pretty. They don't make pretty music. They make like it, it's it's very off time. It's very offbeat. It's very the, the time signatures are kind of broken almost, but it works. Um, this is like the pretty version of Shin, of Slint and Shellac I've always wanted. Um, great. <laughs> yeah, Shint. Shit. Ask for my name. Slint and Shellac and, and that sort of thing. It, it is, it's very off time. It sounds, to bring up a band we've talked about previously on the podcast, it sounds like really old minus the bear. Like when they were really new and their guitar player had just gotten out of a like super math metal band. Uh, it, it's very off time. There's a lot of like, like weird guitar, like interlaced, you know, double guitar lines. The drums are, um, almost always doing something interesting and it's sort of, I, I like math rock, but it, te- math rock and post rock, but it tends to have like, like fucked up screamy vocals because at the time it was sort of yelling at the, uh, 
the radioness of alt rock in the early 90s when it started whereas this is very pretty and very uh delicate which is like a total different take on the genre than you mostly hear mm-hmm. uh brett what would be the theme song that's caught your attention every time i hear math rock and post rock i think of my my post 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 new new metal band um but no i uh I, is that I, nu metal or new yeah, metal it, it, or no, like some new, mix of the two new metal new yeah. new metal yeah so yeah, it's both it's, yeah <laughs> yeah so it's new hyphen nu hyphen metal and it, or it's NU acapella but yeah um <laughs> let me break things down uh in, in the only way i know how to when you know it, 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 let me just say up front the use of a nylon string guitar has always impressed me. Just the way that, like, whoever decided to make one of those, like, t- tip the hat to Mr. Guy who uh, used cat gut uh, to, to make a, a warm note strum through a hollow piece of wood. Um, uh, it was used to really good effect on this album. Um, uh, and, and in places where, like, you had the other guitars going on, and it did, it did sort of that thing, um, that jangly guitar that's layered over... Like I, it's hard to define, but it's it's something that I've uh, always tried to. It's it's more uh, like an ambient use of guitar. It's not really doing making a melody. Uh, that was the job of the bass, uh, really. Um, and sometimes some weird effects like the uh, '90s uh, West Coast rap sine wave that we got a, a big <laughs> dose of. Like uh, I was wondering where Dre was. Um, but like uh, there, the 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 drums on this album are tremendous um along with the bass um which made me wish that i had a cut of this album where it was just the drums and the bass and a sitar um but um that there's a lot of things that uh you know i could i could you know try and and say because other people did this before that rubbed me the wrong way other garbage that i've heard up oh, I broke my own. Uh, so you're Wait, talking uh, about the band with the redhead singer? Yeah, yeah, no. Um, you, you mean the the, the, uh, the female, the female Shirley Billy Corgan? Manson, right? Yeah, the female Billy Corgan. Yes, that, 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 <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Uh, yeah, yes, I, I, that we didn't hear it my here mind first. minutes ago, but <laughs> it still it still has a taste in my mouth. Um, but th- this is a this is a band that you, I I can't really think of any contemporaries that I've listened to. Um, there is a bit of a cultural divide. This isn't a this, this, uh, this, but this isn't a novelty act. This isn't something that you're like, oh, ha ha ha. Look at these foreign people making this this music, um, which is something that people really do. They find novelty and stuff, whether or not there's skill there. There is some really good uh, use of like a, a lot of layers. Um, it doesn't. It sometimes it gets a little messy, and there's some musical spaghetti that you got to dig through. But it is not a complete. Um, wall of noise to the point where it it's offensive and it hurts your ears um as a big fan of uh of, of bebop from the 50s and 60s uh, having no lyrics is uh for the most of it is kind of a cool thing um you get to let your instruments do the talking and like i said earlier the bass is what did the talking that is where the melody comes from that was front and center um except for a couple times but we're not going to get into that because I'm an awful human and I will make jokes that will offend people. But uh, I want to hear what Drew has to say. Mm-hmm. Drew, what would be um, the themes on this that caught your attention? The first thing that I would say is, you said you're a fan of Bebop. I was more of a rock steady guy myself, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> Casey Jones. It actually works. Oh. Which, 
Which, by the way, it actually works for them. Yeah, that's that's the truth. I am so a, I, I, I studied jazz, and he's a guy who played bass in a ska band. Yes, it makes sense. <laughs> yep, which is why I'm really glad you picked uh But, um, so as, as I got into the, at the beginning, uh, this is very much not what I was expecting. Um, no shit? Told me it would have, yeah. What did you think it was? was like what, what did you get? What would you guess? Punk? Tell me, tell yeah. me. <laughs> I was thinking punk, like maybe metal, like math rock was not where I was going in my head, but I was glad it got here. Um, and it sort of makes sense. Uh, there's a lot to dig into here, and I know Mike spends a lot of time around uh, musicians and instruments and plays, so uh, I should have I should have guessed there was something deep to get into, so we can get into that. Um, Patrick was mentioning other bands um, that it reminded of. Uh, if we're going to go with a pretty version of another band, I would personally go with a pretty version of No Means No. Um, but that's that's sort of where I delve into as far as the weird side of math rock. But, um... What? Nothing. Nothing. No, Nothing. Carry on. Carry on. Um, my wayward son. Um, but, so, I put this on... And I, I was just thinking, oh, I'll just put it on some speakers, whatever, like, it won't matter. It'll be a punk rock album. And then, like, all of a sudden, I was like, wait, no, I'm going to have to break out the headphones. Like, I'm going to need to sit back. Like, this is actually something I can dig into. And boy, did I. Um, It was fantastic. The, in an album like this, the mix is so key because there is, at once, there there's not a huge amount of like instrumentation, but there's like Mike said, a lot of layering going on. And if you get it wrong in the mix, everything sounds muddy and everything starts to run together. And I think the mix got it really, really uh, well. Um, the bass in this album was just a lot of fun as well. The drums were just all over the place and fun. There was a lot of good, going back to the mix there was a lot of good separation there was a lot of good warmth um it's sort of hard to exactly i'm gonna try and do it in a bit here but it's sort of hard on these type of albums to pinpoint exact points because there's so much going on and it changes so fluidly that at once you could say oh well this song i points to this reason why i'll this like element or this theme of this album, this song points at it because of this reason. Well, maybe the first half did, <laughs> but overall, like it was, there was a lot going on. There was a, like we named it, it's math rock, but it's got that instrumental jazzness to it, but it's got a sort of simple complexity that I think was really fun. Uh, Mike, what would be some of the key tracks, some of your favorite tracks, or some of the tracks you would say make this album uh, tick? Uh, so the first one I picked out uh, was After Image, which is one of the first songs. I, I, I realized after I looked at this list that they're all kind of in order, but After Image is a kind of a song that starts out with a set of vocals that don't really... They kind of set a pattern that is really quickly put off tempo to the drums and guitars that come in, uh, which is followed by an acoustic guitar coming in with a pattern that kind of changes and fluctuates throughout the song. Like I mentioned before, and 
one of the weirder things about them is they tend to include a Rhodes piano in a lot of their a lot of stuff. I don't know if anyone really picked up on that necessarily because it, it has a very specific sound, which is kind of a very warm piano sound to it. Uh, I feel like they use it really well in this track, and it's a good example as well as of how they tend to use their vocals kind of sparingly in the songs, and I, it almost makes it sound like it was something sampled as opposed to uh, something that was done live. Uh, and but they use the the vocals tend. They tend to be very sparingly used throughout the song, uh, just to create an effect as opposed to actually being the lyrics of the song or to give the song a feel. Mm-hmm. Um, next, I would say Two Moons, which is actually a song that I I listened to for a long time. Like I've listened to this album for probably a decade or so. Uh, that might not necessarily work out time wise. Uh, but I've listened to this, song for, or this album for a long time, and this song kind of grew on me over the time. It has a, a, a very heavy focus on the acoustic guitar work, which being a guitar player, it really was one of the things that kind of stood out in my mind on it. It's not necessarily an easy uh, line that's being done. It has some, uh, what am I calling it? It's, it has some harmonics into it as well, but it, the acoustic guitar carries the track for probably about the entire first half of the track. As it keeps going on, though, it brings in all the other different elements. Because at first, it kind of just has the the acoustic guitar, the theremin, and just a little bit of a little sparse background. But that's when it's kind of joined in with the drum, the bass, and the theremin really comes in fully with the Rhodes piano in the background as well, completely fleshing out the song and building this this. Um, mm, how do you put it? Kind of building to a much larger movement throughout the song. Mm-hmm. So I kind of had a, a hard time limiting the songs I was going to talk about. I almost did, uh, was, I guess it's the Drew thing, <laughs> where you talk about every single track on the entire thing. And hey, then, somebody listened to our... Yeah, I was, I, I was aware of, yeah. aware of the themes. Um, <laughs> so there, there's a couple of them that are honorable mentions. Like there's a song called uh, Our Next Movement, which starts kind of with this weird disconnected horn section thing where it doesn't really when you listen to it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense uh, until it gets about halfway through the song where everything that was kind of these random lines comes together into a huge solid groove that goes the whole way through it Um, the standout track to me though is always going to be Goodbye Uh, Goodbye is a song that they I don't really like the recording on this album as much as I like the other one they did a uh, they did a recording of it on an EP as well that they put out probably a couple years before this album came out, where the lead singer was actually the guitar player for the band. Um, what is his name? Uh, his name is Mino Takaki. When he sings, it kind of has more of a um, like a rough track. On this one, they had a vocalist named Toki Asako singing who actually works with them on a a number of different albums as well but this song kind of has a very different vibe to it to me it has a it has kind of a melancholy vocal line to it where i don't know if anyone took the time to read the actual lyrics to it they're all kind of in a very broken english which makes it a little bit hard to understand what is broken english yeah it's it's kind (laughs) of yeah it's 
kind of in a very for like some reason i understood everything i don't know what you're <laughs> yeah. talking about it's yeah it's the, the the main line is it, it seems like a person who's going through and dealing with depression yeah but the there's kind of a blend between how it comes across in the first like in the first part of the song it kind of sounds like somebody who's kind of uh got a level of melancholy and is kind of going through a depression but as the song builds it kind of goes into a more optimistic and forceful mode there's a there's a kind of a guitar there's a guitar melody that starts out in the very beginning that sounds very passive and not very forcefully played it's kind of like a more of a meandering guitar melody but as you go through the whole thing it kind of gets merged into the rest of it and there's a very there's a very very strong drum line in this and which i guess you would call it kind of a drum melody if that makes any sense but when you get towards the end of the track you hear the same uh guitar melody coming back through again even though it's been lost in the middle of the song it's coming through a lot more forcefully towards the end of the song which gives it a kind of a the feeling almost as if it, the character in the song has gone through a transition where they were kind of feeling more melancholy at the beginning of it, but it, it kind of given themselves some sort of resolve yeah. in their, in their life and in their, their emotions. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was good. Kind of that, a good little, little bit of like storytelling there, uh, which works as really well. Uh, Patrick, what would be some of the key tracks for you? So I'll, I'll start uh, with a different song, Esoteric. Um, and, and this is sort of the theme I, I felt like I, I really liked about this record. Um, a lot of songs will start very soft, but by the middle of the song, they get super chaotic with, you know, 15 different instruments going on top of each other. And I, I really like how that worked out in this song. Um, the way the drums kind of the, the thing that that makes math rock kind of its its weird way is that sometimes you have three instruments playing playing in what feel like different time signatures that occasionally sync up and then break back apart. And this song does that really well. Um, Esoteric also is one of the songs where the bass really gets to shine and kind of take up some space and really you get to hear the low end of it. Um, it, it, the tra it transitions really well within the song between sort of the softer parts and the more heavy chaotic parts. Uh, goodbye one that Everett mentioned uh, it's one it's again it's a really nice song the way it builds up into um, something something bigger than it starts as uh, it has really really good vocals that fit it which you know I mean it, it's one of the nice things about like a mostly instrumental album with very sparse use of vocals is like the vocals never feel forced they feel like they fit that particular song um, and then this song, like, again, in the middle, it gets really dense and a little bit chaotic and it works really, really well. And it's one of the things I do really like about math rock and post rock. That whole kind of movement is like when stuff gets a little crazy in the middle and then kind of works itself out. And then uh, the next to the last song are our next movement, which starts out as like some weird freeform jazz shit with like some African kind of drum thing going on. And it's it's probably as as like it's one of the more experimental jazzier songs on the record, but it it also works really well because they're all very good musicians and what you know whoever they got to play the the you know horns and and wind stuff on it really really knew 
they, they, they found a way to make like that, that sort of freeform sound kind of sink back into something that made sense for long enough to really make a good song out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brett, what would be some of the key tracks for you? Well, first I want to award the, uh, Brett Hibbert Institute for, uh, for music's golden sprawling award, uh, <laughs> to the sitar from, uh, esoteric. Um, <laughs> Like seriously, they're they're uh, being a fan of things that you didn't expect to hear, but you're better for hearing it. Um, you know, the the sitar. It, it it's not just for opium opium dens and uh, like really bad bad jam bands um, that don't know how to record very well with a gourd with strings on it. But no, um, I I really enjoyed that. The, the drums and bass stand out way so much more than that in this in, in that track but um again that this is one of the tracks where i wish i could just hear the the two um with uh the the bass and the drums without having the overlapping guitars going doing their thing which with the there's like that reverse feedbacky sound uh it was kind of weird uh um but uh the, the sprinkles with sitar were pretty awesome um and, and this is one of the songs that throughout my my listens um, which I listened to this album a lot because we had a lot of time to listen to it. Uh, this really stood out. Um, and uh, while it isn't the Weezer song from the 90s, the, the track Sating So did have the sine wave of the 90s um, there. Like I said earlier, is like uh, I was waiting for some, some hot gangster rap to go on. Um, I, I was waiting for Warren G to show up and do a verse. I mean, it, it's really, I, I want to I wanna get like a micro chord that's just set to do that at all times, just like right here, so I can make the the, <laughs> the that that noise. Um, but it, it was, you know, like nobody owns that. that. That's something I can that you can use in anything. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like it's it's all spice. Um, and uh, yeah, there's some rough English. Uh, there's also <laughs> it, it's also uh, it, and that was so there there's talk singing. And not in the uh, the only time talk singing works, which is one night in Bangkok. Bangkok. Um, this is talk singing while someone's gritting their teeth, uh, which you know is fine. It gives you that like that that feeling that you just got finished watching a uh, slice of life anime and the credits are rolling. It's one of those kind of songs. Um, and uh, uh, two moons, um, two of them. Uh, the, this is uh, one one of the few songs on this album where. I was super impressed uh, with the guitar, um, where it wasn't just people playing some scales that every now and then came together in a way that was kind of fun. But the rest of the time, it was like, wow, they're really annoying, and I want to hear that bass. Uh, but they, 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 there was some, uh, some more of that sine wave that everybody loves so much. Um, but uh, there was also uh, some really good use of bells and uh, some, some, some harmonics that, uh, that, that really added in 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 not in a a a chimey way um because they were done on a uh on, on a different kind of guitar they they sounded more um uh they, they had a warmth to them I, it's it's kind of hard to explain if i could demonstrate something to you people out there uh i i'd be able to ex- describe a few of these things but you'd also be like digging around in the mind of a madman so you don't need to know it just listen to the song um, it, it uh, the harmonics and the bells added something um, that uh, that really fit into the mix, and it just ended up being like mud. It wasn't like 
being hit over the face with like ever like the everybody solo that uh, I guess is something that uh, you get every now and then. Um, there's a lot of stuff like I could I could do the record breakers the thing where I talk about all the stuff like Drew does, except for when it's albums that Drew doesn't really want to talk about. He just does three songs then. But uh, <laughs> you know, I, I I figured him out. But no, I you know this these are hold on. I do three songs for everyone that isn't mine, and then, like, usually I'm gushing over mine. I've tried to rein it back. I mean, you know, it is, nor it's a lot of times it's the Ska. You got things to say, and he's the Look, man who's going to say if Ska it. Ska comes yeah. up, the rude boy has to have his day. Yes. But. <laughs> leave me alone. <laughs> th- there are some tracks on this, uh, on this album that, uh, like, again, I'm, I'm not a guy who goes for lyrics in, in songs because most of the time I think they're dumb um even in good songs i think they're just like bad poetry um that's put to music that as long as things are done in a good way if, if you use your mouth as an instrument it does great but then again i like most of my music i would prefer to have no vocals unless that guy's screaming about like being hot for teacher and doing jump splits while pyrotechnics are going off or you or, know that kind of stuff but th- this is a really hard album to describe two heads <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and, we're we're know, talking about the priest at the Temple of Syrings. Uh, you know, I think of Getty Lee's voice as an instrument. It's just like a horn. Yes. Like he's just like pressing valves in his throat. Yes. But not so much <laughs> anymore. It can't hit that high C. But, um, but oh, no, man. Um, I, dude, all this does stuff to your vocal cords, man. Yeah. Like, you know, that shit's I, rough. But, you know, it's really hard to describe an album that has really not a whole lot of, like, it, it's not telling you a story it's not spinning a tale you're you're sort of having to dig into this a little bit harder than you would on something where you know they're they're talking about the priests of the temple of syrinx um and or flying a spaceship into a black hole and coming out in uh, mount olympus um uh you know getting off your ass and jamming um but you know it's and and there's a lot of sounds that you have to listen to in this album where you you've got to sort of pick things apart and uh it takes a few listens to hear what all's going on, and it's not a bad thing. Um, it can it, it's it's a bit of a uh, it, it can be difficult for people that you know they, they can't spot a Rhodes uh, in in their ear. They they don't know why that that sound reminds them of when they were watching Rugrats as a kid, but you know they they were actually you know it, it's it's the people don't always pick apart music like me and the other musicians that are on this show and Petey, uh who is a musician adjacent uh, he knows most of the stuff he just doesn't have to do it so like it's really hard and, and this is probably one of the more difficult albums that we had to pick apart but uh i i think i'm better off for doing it mm-hmm. uh true what would be some of the key tracks for you um brett makes a good point um there's a lot of jazziness in this and jazz is nothing if not the music for musicians um so it's a fair point made. it is a circle jerk mm-hmm. uh, look yeah. at how good we are making let music. me whip look my dick out it's bigger than your dick and that's yeah. that that's that's my music hey hey i i am if one of the albums that has gotten the most play the from me dick. has been fucking uh smv so i'm never gonna begrudge anybody for the dick measuring contest that is jazz music um so I'm going to do, since these guys didn't, I'm going to do the Record Breakers thing. Um, get to oh, the really? first one. Um, well, not the first track. I'm not going to do the 39 
second. Oh, intro. come on. Um, so I wanted to see what you track. had. <laughs> I, I, I will do the first um, whole track, which is uh, track number two, uh, the Vanishing Point and Whistle, um, and how much it hit me over the head um, with the layering of the guitars. It gets right off the bat into crazy mixing, crazy layering, um, and it sort of was that point where I was like, okay, maybe listening to this in my car to and from work is not going to give me the full breadth of what's going on in this record. I might need to actually sit down with a good pair of headphones and actually dig in. And this was the point where like, I just sort of laid back and just sort of like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. And this is the song that let me know. And like I say all the time, the first song in the record needs to let you know what the record's about. And this one did, um, two moons. Um, the beginning of two moons reminded me of a, Man that I hold dear, um, a celebrity chef by the name of Alton Brown. Um, what? <laughs> wow! This is what this Wait, is going what? <laughs> because compared to the other tracks on here, um, as far as the number of layers going on, this is a simpler track. And when you do something simple, it makes every little piece that much more important you need to make sure every little piece is perfect um and to me the song did that um on the surface the song sounds a lot more simple than what you got up until that point but as you dug in you see that every single part was tight and every single part had its place and it was really really well done um and it's weird that two of the songs um me and uh mike hit on were the same um, we have very similar taste in music sometimes, so it makes sense. Uh, goodbye. Um, it, I was listening to this record sort of with my eyes closed and every time a song came up that like, I sort of wanted to think about like later to like re-dig into, I would look up, just look at the track and then go back to closing my eyes and like listening. And goodbye hit me and I looked and I was like, oh, goodbye. It must be the last track. And it wasn't. So then that threw me for a loop i wasn't i was letting the vocals just be another instrument and i didn't really let it go so i had to listen through again and i really sort of dug into the lyrics and it's one of those points where the music that this song takes you on and the lyrics sort of mix really really well even though it's broken as these guys have uh, said before as far as the english goes it's still in my opinion the music and the lyrics fit really, really well. And it's usually something that's saved for full concept albums when that happens. Um, as, as these guys have mentioned with rush before, um, or not these guys specifically Brett, but, <laughs> but, yeah. um, but Brett walls always mention rush when he can. Um, and it was just something that I think was really, really, really well done. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we can bring it back around the horn, uh, to get some conclusive thoughts. Uh, Patrick, what would be your conclusive thoughts on this album as a whole? So, for a long time, I've wanted, like, a prettier version of sort of the, the math rock, post rock sound, and this is, like, where, I just basically was like, where has this been for the last, like, year and a half that I've really been kind of into that weird time time signature crazy stuff? Um, it's music for music nerds. Like, whether you're a musician or not, like, if you're the sort of person that loves, like, prog rock 
or enjoyed like consider the source a couple of weeks ago like this is right up your alley it's it's different it's interesting it's not you know it's not your normal four four times signature rock music um but but it's it's i think it's as this genre goes it's fairly approachable because it it is kind of pretty and nice musically um but it's one of those so there's like three reactions i have to albums on this show it's either i really didn't like it or didn't get it i enjoyed it but i probably won't listen to it again or i add the band's entire discography to my account on google music and this falls into the third category like i will be listening to this frequently and often like this album and you know i'll look into their other stuff when i have more time it's it's it fills a a hole for me in music that i that i've wanted to kind of fill for a while and apparently there is a band that does it and probably several others I'm unaware of. Yeah, it's fantastic sound. Uh, Brett, what would be your conclusive thoughts on this album? This is a very well-played album. Um, there, there's some really great musicians poking around in there. This is a very inoffensive album. Um, like, I can't, I, I can't tell anybody, no, don't listen to this. This is, this is hot dumpster trash. um no i cannot say that uh but no this album didn't really sweep me off my feet um there there are a lot of really really great things going on here um and it's not the fault of the music for not clicking with me they didn't go out and record this album and be like we need to impress Brett hibbert he's he's the guy that we're going for um but i with as much work and effort that you could tell was put into this album they made the album that they wanted to make and uh they, they, it didn't sound like there were compromises made. Weird things showed up on this album that uh, that proved that to me. Um, the songs weren't oppressively long. That's something that you get with this genre of music. Is like the 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 twelve minute like you know with with pounding on a on a piano. Sometimes it's, it's it, there's there are ways of doing this music wrong, and this this really wasn't done wrong. Um, and also, it wasn't trying to spin a tail. Um, musically, but you have to read the like uh, the album booklet to to figure out where the real motivation for the writing of that music is. Uh, it, the, and that kind of stuff really makes re-listening painful. Um, it also didn't have like people making jokes in the opening track or like having thirty seconds that you have to skip every time. This album looped a bunch, and uh, even though that there there was an intro, it, it 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 wasn't something you're like, oh man, this is like. There's going to be a skit coming up next. Uh, but uh, give the old record breakers try. Uh, it won't hurt you. Uh, I've been wrong before. Listen to this album. Mm-hmm. Uh, Drew, what would be your conclusive thoughts on this album? Um, This is like uh, Patrick said. On this show, we get either... We sometimes veer wildly in directions. The I hate this. I love this. Um, and why I do the show is the moments of, I would have never We're all extremely seen. bipolar. And Pac-Man <laughs> fever or nothing. Pac-Man fever. Let me go back and listen to that travesty of a record. Um. And do the Donkey Kong. Yeah, carry oh. on. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. But. Well, you can't do it on Spotify anymore. Nope. Oh. Um. Wow, derailment. I'm canceling um. my Spotify. I can't you're, get my pack. You're the, you're the one that got on me pre-show for derailing the show when you talk about 
Shirley Manson's band Garbage. No, I was just um, giving a warning. Thank you very just much. Just giving the disclaimer. Yes. All right. Trigger but alert. It is. God, don't trigger warnings. Um. But there are moments where it's like I would have never uh, seen this had it not been brought on the show, and it is something that I will remember. This band. This band will get rotation. Um. And it will be something when I get new audio gear. There's a list of bands I usually go down uh, when I get new audio gear to sort of test things out. This will be one of them. Um, this will get play from me again. Um, it was something that I was really sort of uh, glad to hear. Something that was really a lot of fun. Yes, it's it's musicians being musicians. And it's that circle jerk of like we're we're making this and we're going to make the album we want to make and we're going to make it really intricate and really like detailed and stuff like that. And we're going to spend time in the studio, like doing that and making sure everything's right and stuff like that. And every once in a while you need something like that. And it's, it's not coming from a place of, we need to make it perfect. So it gets radio play. I think they probably knew this was not going to get radio play, but it's something that is, I'm pretty sure they knew it wasn't going to get radio (laughs) radio play, (laughs) but it's something that was at the same time, just, a lot of like it was a lot of fun digging into music like this again which i haven't done in a while um listening to a lot of like earth wind and fire lately for whatever reason oh <laughs> but but it, it yeah it's something that like i said it's going to be put in my list of like hey uh do you want to test things out and double check all your stuff like this band is going to be one of them so yeah uh yeah for sure uh but yeah but last but not least get the last word mike what would be your conclusion about this album my conclusion generally about the album is i this has been the album that like whenever i play i I do work with musicians generally whenever i'm usually playing it at work this is the one that everyone keeps walking up to me and asking me who the band is and usually kind of have to tell them over and over again who it is but uh it's been something that that's kind of been in rotation for me for the last, I don't even know, forever. Uh, and it's been one of those things that just, it's not something I listen to on a regular, or like all the time, but it's been something I've never stopped listening to. And so I just kind of wanted to bring it. Oddly enough, you guys probably would have heard it uh, a couple of years ago, but I couldn't get Turntable FM to load it. <laughs> so. Yeah. Oddly enough. Son of a uh, Hat tip to Turntable FM. Oh, yep. gosh. Days, where did that man. go? It's gone. It went, it went, it, it went away because, because they got in trouble because copyright is stupid. Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, that's what I think of that. Uh, I don't think you heard that. But, yeah. Flashback to Turntable FM aside uh, and my farts aside, uh, those are our thoughts on Toe. Uh now we get to the main event of the evening. We get to our haiku reviews. We get to what everybody's been waiting for. The real yeah. star of the show. Forget the stuff we've been doing from for like the last forty-two minutes. You know, since this is thirty. <laughs> that was all filler. Yeah, that's all filler. Fuck this all is that. the killer. We got our haiku reviews. Let's get started. Uh, I'll just go standard or standard order. We've been doing Patrick. What is your haiku? A sound I've wanted. Exceptionally well done. 
Thank you, Aberrant. Uh, Breck. What is your haiku? Hey, diddle diddle. Um, a strong performance, and some will find impressive. Didn't hit me hard. Uh, Drew, what is your haiku? Lots of thought in this, and it was well worth the time. We'll listen again. I got my haiku. Diverse and quirky, nice and experimental, does lots of cool things. Uh, Mike, what is your haiku? Math without vocals? A Japanese band haiku. Unintentional. <laughs> Refrigerator. Yes. <laughs> Refrigerator. Uh, yes. Uh, it's snowing on mountain. Yes. Uh, and that is the that is that brings us to the end of another fantastic episode of Hall- of Record Breakers. Hallie and Juju, everybody. <laughs> yeah. I think I show about Korean music where we talk about Japanese music. <laughs> and uh, me and I wanna, uh, Drew are the shooting the shit with two nerdy black guys. I want to like I want to slice together like a super super mix of me naming another podcast on a podcast because I think I've done it on every single one. And of so a have different you called one. anything else record breakers? Because that's kind of specific. And that's it. I just start, re- and then I like I'll start like fanny pack, and I'll start to say record breakers. Bueno, stop, Joe. We amigos. just get into it needs more death reference. Did yes. I just catch that? Yes. yes. That's a uh, deep cut for for a certain the, part the of the pod, crowd. The, po- the podcast that never. <laughs> the only launched. crowd we have. <laughs> if the there if there are people was. out there that didn't find us courtesy of flipping being part of the diamond club please let me know i'll give you a dollar yes. so. <laughs> drew much. hands out three whole dollars he's a man of the <laughs> lord he'll keep his word yes <laughs> um, i'm a cross over here somewhere I feel like. yeah somewhere <laughs> uh, so watch I, I the fuck to, out vampires i used to have a buddy christ you know the little statue of buddy christ gone the time that you were in the kitchen uh, or not the kitchen the living room you had all kinds of uh, Catholic paraphernalia. <laughs> it was in the it was living beautiful. room. It was that was the office. There were throw pillows. Yeah, there was throw. It pillows. was lovely. I, I mean, you should record from there again. Uh, my, it, it, Thanks for coming time. on this shit show, uh, Mike. <laughs> Dude, I, yeah. I've been yeah, wanting to have you on for a while pillows. because I knew it would be super interesting. So yes. uh, uh, you didn't get yeah. throw pillows, but we love you the same. I'm sorry. Yeah. I didn't uh, but yes, but yeah, I didn't win the prize. Pretty, that concludes. Uh, this episode of Record Breakers. Uh, all of our thoughts. Uh, you can, of course, find this album on Spotify. On our Spotify playlist, Record Breakers, the home game. You can, of course, find next week's record on there. Uh, and I'm going to play a little game. Uh, I, next week's record is my my uh, album. Uh, so I'm going to give you guys an either or to help pick you. Or. Or. Uh, so... <laughs> I want uh, to be so contrarian. I'll, st- I'll start. I'll start counterclockwise uh, and say Adam Brody or Danny Tamborelli. Oh, oh, Danny Tamborelli because I know I I know the album. I've listened Brent? to his music before. Uh, I I'm I'm gonna have to side with Drew. Danny Tamborelli, Patrick. Um, I watched enough Pete and Pete to Danny Tamborelli. Okay, so that's a this unanimous. So we're gonna listen. We're gonna get jangly, because uh, it's not where it's going. Where you thought? Hey it was guys, going I'm gonna make some music. Yeah, no, I can't uh, wait for it. No, can't wait. 
No, no, because we're not going to listen to Danny Tamarelli's music. What? We're going to listen to the singular album by Miracle Legion uh, members, a side project group, Polaris, uh, known as Music from Adventures of Pete and Pete. A little bit of early 90s jangle pop uh, recorded in the late 90s. I ain't mad, Petey. I ain't mad. Level level of how much I love this record, I I basically have the Hey, save your content for the show. God damn it. Spoiling the next week's episode. You don't know how you feel about it. They know what you've got to say. Your hot takes are already cooling off. Spoiler. Uh, But yeah, that will be next week. This is this week. Uh, Concludes another fantastic episode of Record Breakers. Mike Everett. What do you got going on, on the internet? You got much going on, on the internet? Uh, at Avrant on Twitter, and that'll probably be where anything gets announced. Yes. Uh, if uh, if Kaz, we, I, we, it needs more deaths. If Kaz releases, that, <laughs> if Kaz releases the like twenty some episodes of it needs more deaths, yeah. And uh, uh, we'll see what happens. But yeah, Avrant. Uh, of course, you can find us all over the internet. Patrick is at Swagger. Brett is at HibbityBearBird, H-I-B-B-I-T-Y-B-I-B-B-A-R-D. Drew is at X2SuperX. The show is at 4 Record Breakers. That's the number 4 Record Breakers. RecordBreakersPodcast.com. RecordBreakersPodcast at gmail.com. TV on YouTube. Uh, keep an eye out on the YouTube, because right now, as you're listening to it, I'm in Austin. I know it looks like I'm 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 in my house, but I'm over there with with Patrick. Trust He's me gonna have this. some hot hot unboxing videos. Yes. He's gonna do his grocery hauls, um, all the YouTube hits, all those things. React so many videos, travel vlogs, you name it, all there on the YouTube. Gonna do all the cliches. Enjoy. Share, like, and subscribe, yo. Share, like, subscribe. Wait, that's Ethan Sundries. Uh. Until next time. Hasta los huevos. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>